Hello everybody, this is Rachel Treese, the CEO of FTS Global, and I am honored today to have Serge Kunzenblum with me today. Serge is the Group Executive Chairman of IQEQ, and we are in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. And Serge, believe it or not, is the first person I've come into contact with, although not contact with, virtual contact with, who has actually been through the COVID-19 virus. How are you, Serge? Hello, Rachel. I'm very well. I had uh, a kind of mild version of the virus mm -hmm. uh, 11 days ago with some fever and coughing. I still cough a little, but um, I mean, uh, it, was, it was globally okay. You know, I could, uh, I could stand and, uh, and keep working, you know, I mean, so no real problem. So uh, I hope most of the people we know will have that mild version and hopefully that will uh, save them from uh, catching it again, you know, I mean, when everybody will be able to go out. Absolutely. Well, you look very well, Serge, and thank you for sharing that with our listeners, because I think everybody's uh, um, very, very worried about the situation um, at the moment. So um, I'd love to know you're an entrepreneur and a leader in financial services, and I'd love to know a little bit more about you and your story. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about um, yourself? Sure. Um, I'm the happy father of two uh, girls and even a grandfather uh, of one little boy. Um, I started in Luxembourg in 95. Wow, you don't look um, old enough. You very don't long look time old ago. enough. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. But um, I, I started in 85 in Luxembourg just by chance. You know, I was born in Metz on the other side of the border. I studied mm -hmm. in Paris and after in the US. And when I came back, um, I was with my dad visiting a bank in Luxembourg and my dad said, why you don't ask for a job here? And mm -hmm. uh, I said, I don't want to work in Luxembourg and I don't want to work for a bank. Uh, I, I, I knew what a bank was like, kind of, because I, I had training ship during the uh, summers at uh, Merrill Lynch. Uh -huh. But um, frankly, I wanted to work in international trade to travel the world. And I thought that working in a bank in Luxembourg would keep me in a very small country and uh, in an area I didn't like. But I took the job because it was mm. well paid. I thought I was going to stay for two months and it was uh, 35 years ago. Wow. And uh, I'm so happy I made that choice, which was not really, I mean, a choice. <laughs> it was just by chance. Wow. So I started with that bank and uh, credit bank in Luxembourg. Um, the, the market was so, I mean, incredibly busy and incredibly uh, growing that uh, there were so many opportunities for people who wanted to work hard. And so after a few years in the bank working, uh, you know, in different areas, corporate finance, corporate trust and agencies, uh, selling our services all over the world. Um, I uh, started working for the sister company of the, uh, of the bank that was the uh, trust company of the bank. Um, and the trust company of the bank is the uh, root of what is called today IQEQ. So I started there as being head of uh, uh, advisory services. 
and, um, and selling uh, Luxembourg holding companies to, um, to international families and uh, large corporates. And um, in uh, 98, the bank decided to sell the business. Uh, we, had, uh, we couldn't do a management buyout, so we had a wonderful white knight, it was called Arthur Anderson at the time. Right. Uh, Norbert Berker came oh, and bought yes. the business. And my boss and I became co-CEO of the business. And uh, two years after, we bought the business from Arthur Anderson mm -hmm. uh, because there were conflict of interest and we wanted to work uh, side by side with Anderson. And unfortunately, I mean, you know what happened? Anderson disappeared mm. and uh, we had to uh, manage our own uh, future. We grew the business quite a lot as, independent, as an independent player, mm. but we had a uh, view that uh, we needed to consolidate the market in Luxembourg because uh, we wanted to first to, to start to do uh, fund administration. So we were chartered accountants at the time. And so in order to do it, we wanted to have the backup of a bank. And so we were acquired by Sal Oppenheim. Uh, during five years, we consolidated the Luxembourg market. We had a lot of growth. And unfortunately, you know, the bank was almost bankrupt after the crisis. So mm. I went to see them and asked, uh, you know, the bank and, and Deutsche Bank that was uh, uh, chosen to, to, uh, to take them over. Uh, to buy the business back from them. And so we bought the business back from them with BIP in Luxembourg, the, mm -hmm. uh, the, invest, the investment fund. Uh, we, uh, we made it in only three weeks uh, with a team of managers from, from, uh, from uh, what was called at the time SDG. Okay. And, um, and uh, from that, we made the second operation, the second MBO with Codepa in Belgium. Mm -hmm. And with Codepa, I mean, we wanted to uh, become a European player. So I uh, grew the business in the Netherlands by first organic growth and after making two very nice acquisitions there because my biggest competitors at the time were the Dutch players. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted also to be present there. And uh, that was in, uh, in, in 2010. And um, we, we were with Codepa for five years but uh, we had other ambitions to become a world player. So what we did, I introduced to Kavepa uh, another investment fund, Astok Partners, um, and uh, we made a third LBO on the shares of the company. And uh, since then, uh, since uh, 2015, I've made 14 acquisitions, and now we are number four in the world in investor services. Wow, that's a... Big story. So I'm really curious to know, as an entrepreneur in financial services and a leader, what, what does it take and what are the traits that are needed? What, what are the traits that you have that have taken you on this journey? I think it's everything is in the, the entrepreneurial spirit. You know, mm. you need to be hungry mm. and you need to be someone who acts. You know, and those are maybe, I mean, two of the most important traits I have. Mm -hmm. You know, I love to act, to take decisions. I'm not a spiritual leader. I'm an acting leader. So um, I, my, my, my thing is really I love to build and to also have a positive impact on society, you know, and on people. So... Um, I think this is very important. And in order to do this, you need to have 
you know, I mean, to be part of the global ecosystem. I mean, that's why, I mean, I, I, I share my time between, you know, my, my, my companies, also very active in professional associations. I'm the chairman mm -hmm. of three professional associations, uh, the Association of uh, the Luxembourg uh, Alternative Asset Administrators Association, the Investment Facilitation Forum, and also the Luxembourg Association for Family Offices. So this is, I think, something which is very important because you cannot only care about your business, you have to care about the industry as a whole, in your main market, but yeah. also everywhere. Mm. And is there enough care about the industry, Serge? There is. There, I think there, I mean, you can always wish to have more from, from the uh, different uh, players in the ecosystem, but I think there is. Definitely, I mean, uh, the, uh, in Luxembourg in particular, the government understands that we are uh, uh, a very important um, link into the ecosystem of private equity and real estate uh, investment. So we are the administrators of, the, of that industry. And uh, we do contribute to, war, to more than 1 billion of the state revenue. Uh, with direct and indirect taxes, you know, in, in, in what we do. So this is very important. And I understand that, I mean, I mean, we know that the government understands this because I'm not part of the Haut Comité de la Place Financière, you know, with the Minister of Finance, mm -hmm. in order to advise the ministry on new regulations and new laws, uh, which uh, help Luxembourg, I mean, staying at the forefront of... Uh, the uh, this uh, private equity and real estate uh, uh, world ecosystems. Absolutely. So I'd love to bring the conversation back to you, if I may, uh, Serge. And I'd love to ask you who would be the most inspiring person um, in financial services as a financial services leader that might have inspired you in your own career to date. It, it's not an easy answer for me because uh, I was never infatuated. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, when I was young or even now, you know, I was never, I mean, into, uh, uh, I mean, an incredible sports person or singer or performer or anything. However, I must say that a few people have inspired me to become the leader I am now. One of them, I mean, a, a cousin of my dad who was in the U.S. and when I studied in the U.S., the guy used to work for one of the big U.S. brokers used to work for the wealthiest person of this world. And I came from Metz, you know, a small uh, city. Never met anyone wealthy, you know. I mean, didn't travel too much. Uh, and when I arrived in New York, meeting, you know, my cousin, I mean, who was much uh, older than I was, and uh, meeting some of his clients at the parties he was giving on his, in his apartment on Park Avenue, uh, gave me really the the drive to, um, to first, I mean, gave me the idea that there was something else, you know, mm. and gave me the drive to, to succeed and to, uh, and to be an entrepreneur, really. So, I mean, his name is Larry, I mean, it was Larry, he died unfortunately two years ago, but he was uh, really inspirational uh, to me. Um, you know, among the other people I met, I think I take, you know, from every meeting I have, and every person I meet, I think I'm every time more smart, you know, smarter. 
you know, I really learn from everyone. That's why I never refuse a meeting almost, you know, mm. uh, because I think you can learn so much, you know, from, from meeting other people and, and seeing them, you know, acting in life. And so there are people like this, you know, I can name, you know, uh, Norbert Becker, you know, who was really inspirational to me. I mean, he was my boss at the time of Anderson. Mm. And he's such an entrepreneur, I think, I mean, he, he, uh, he, he, he brings Luxembourg to a different uh, stage and he's, he's really impressive. Absolutely. His, uh, his reputation precedes him. Um, I always yes. remember hearing about Norbert Becker and Mark Toulouse and we all know what happened to, to Mark Toulouse. Yes. So um, I'd love to ask you um, about, in your opinion, what would be a game changer as an entrepreneur and somebody who's really, really creative and has this incredible growth mindset? What would be a game changer that would make financial services better? Hmm. I, I think, you know, I mean, we, we can always speak of uh, digitalization, you know, I mean, and definitely that's the name of the game. But I think at the same time, you need digitalization for, in the financial industry, especially because there is uh, a change of generation, you know, in terms of uh, who the investors are and who the players uh, are in the, in the industry. But at the same time, I think you need very uh, personal services. Mm. So you would need both. So for, I mean, basic uh, uh, solutions, you need digitalization, but you need also the personal touch. And, and I think one cannot go without the other. And, um, you know, that's what we, 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 we have been doing at IQEQ. And it, where our names come from, our name come from is, is there. You know, we need the, um, the technical knowledge and we need to be more and more sophisticated in terms of technical knowledge and, and technical solutions, IT and, and software solutions. At the same time, the personal relationship and the understanding of our clients, mm. uh, the EQ part, you know, emotional caution is so important. Mm. And very often in the financial industry, people do not think it's important, but I think it's vital. Mm. So what you're talking about is how important being human is in financial services. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is, I mean, as important as in any other industry, you know, and especially, I mean, in times we are, we are, we are experiencing now, you know, I mean, with this terrible plague, mm. you know, being human and, and having personal connections, you mm. know, taking the time to reconnect with people, uh, at that time, you know, I'm always working on new acquisitions for the group because, I mean, we need new services or new geographies. And this morning, I had a VC call with a guy, you know, who, I mean, he was so happy I was reaching out to him, you know. He was so happy because, you know, people only think about business. And you need to be human. You, never, you know, I mean, it's very important to have a personal relationship with people helps so much. Mm. Which, which leads me nicely onto your leadership style. Um, for those listeners who listen to Flex in the City, they'll know that I do a little bit of research on the people that I'm interviewing. And I asked a few people about 
your own leadership style, Serge. And the words that uh, I was uh, told were that you are human, that you are transformational, and that you are energetic. Do those words okay. resonate? <laughs> yeah, they do resonate. Transform. I mean, human. I, I hope I am, and I think I am very human. Uh, transformational. I must say that I have so much transformed my organization every five years, you know, and uh, this is, I mean, it, it has nothing to do with what, with what it was. Not the same type of clients, not the same type of solutions. You know, it used to be a very local player, now it's international. And, um, and this is not the end. I mean, I'm very ambitious and I want to go forward, you know, because I think without projects, you die. So I have a lot of projects still for, for my business. The, the other adjective was... Uh, energetic. Energetic. Yes, I think I'm energetic. As I told you, I like to act. You know, I, I, I love to have discussions, but not the discussions for the sake of discussions. I want to have decisions uh, and, uh, and to act on them. And if I could uh, tell you about my, my leadership style, is more like uh, you know the difference between uh, certain uh, different countries in terms of the army. I'm like in the Israeli army, the general, I mean, is in the front and fights first, you know. And this is, I mean, what is the success of the Israeli army? And uh, that's the way I do, you know. I'm still, you know, I'm the, exec the executive chairman, the founder of the group and the executive chairman. So I'm much more on the strategy and on the acquisition a non-organic growth for the time being, but at the same time, I'm still there to, uh, to um, incentivize people to find new solutions, to find new solutions myself, to uh, still sit on the board of directors of a few important clients, meet them when or meet even prospects, you know, being very active and being at the front of what we do. Mm. So how would you describe um, in a few words, the culture? Of IQEQ? Um, I think it's a very entrepreneurial culture, you know, because what we do, even when we acquire businesses, in fact, it's not the businesses we acquire. It's, I mean, we make sure that we merge with other entrepreneurs. And those guys are there and are going to have the capacity to develop themselves and continue developing their business within the group. This is very important. So it's really, I mean, the, the mentality is very entrepreneurial. Um, I, I think we have three important values in the group, which are authenticity, to be bold, and to be collaborative. And, and you know, it says all, you know, and we try to make sure that uh, people, you know, I mean, you can change the competences of people, but you cannot change their values, so, or their way of behavior. So it's very important that when we hire people or when we make acquisitions, we are certain that we share the same values. And the values are not the one that everybody says, you know, client first. Hopefully we have our clients and our people first, but uh, this is too easy. Mm. You know, we, we need to share the real values. And I think a lot is also in our name, you know, as I mentioned, IQEQ. You know, we want people with the two sides of the brain. Yeah, absolutely. And so what skills or behaviors or competences do you think are needed in financial services now and in the next five years, Serge? I, I think the competences and at least, I mean, on the leadership side 
are the same. You need to have some, uh, the leader needs to have a purpose for the organization, mm. needs to have a vision mm. and show leadership. You know, this is very important. But also in five years, you will need to have adaptability. Mm. So it's the same, you know. You know what we, I mean, I cannot tell you what will be the future, you know, but I think we need to always be prepared to be flexible and to make sure that we are going to be according to, I mean, what is going to be the state of the market at that time in very sustainable businesses. A few years ago, for example, I mean, the industry was heavily investing in multinational uh, corporations uh, mm -hmm. services. And now you can imagine what's happening with BAPS and anti-avoidance uh, regulations. It's very difficult to service those large multinationals because they do not set up anymore holding companies without substance, you know, in the different countries. I mean, only for tax uh, uh, purposes. Uh, I was convinced of this. And so my aim was, I mean, a few years ago in, uh, to completely transform the client mixed and to be much more uh, uh, working on asset managers, private equity and real estate and debt, uh, private debt asset managers and very big family offices. And now our group is mostly, you know, uh, uh, taking its revenues from those two categories. Mm. And so we have a very sustainable business. So we look at the future in this way, but in five years, I think a leader will need to also to think in a very sustainable way for the future mm -hmm. and being very flexible because sometimes you know look at what happened i mean that black swan for the COVID, nobody knew and it's going to for the people who have a short-term view you know everybody asked me all the time oh when are you going to sell your business again so can, can you imagine if i had i mean built the whole business to be sold in i don't know eight months mm -hmm and you miss that opportunity because of an external event, you can be dead. Yeah. So constant so adaptability. To, yes, constant adaptability. And second, always look at the long term. Mm -hmm. And are they the pieces of advice you would give to a young financial services manager starting his or her career in the industry? Is there any other advice that you'd, you'd give to them? Um, maybe an advice that I apply to myself is, as I told you, never refuse a meeting. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many people who feel they are too important. They don't uh, accept meetings. They don't want even to meet someone who is a salesperson because they think, you know, I mean, it's not for them. For sure, I'm not going to, uh, to meet uh, uh, twice, you know, someone who wants to sell, sell me copy machines, you know, these kind of things. But, you know, from everyone you learn, and this morning, I, I was doing mentoring at uh, a, a Turkish student at the uh, uh, Wealth Management Program at, of the Luxembourg University over the phone. Mm -hmm. And after I was with one of, the, one of my peers, you know, I mean, uh, uh, a guy who is the CEO of and the owner of a top business in Europe. So it's very different. And frankly, I enjoy it. And so, I mean, there are so many people uh, you know, we don't have the same responsibilities, but do not spend the time because they think they are over, they are too important for, for meeting new people. I think they are wrong. So my advice would be meet new people, 
learn from them, be very open and help others because mm -hmm. the best chance they can have is to be a chance for the others. Mm. So as you're so positive and, and energetic, is there anything that prevents you from sleeping at night? <laughs> 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 uh, you know, there is an old joke about it. There is the, the guy who uh, turns and turns in his bed. It's four o'clock in the morning, you know, and he couldn't, he cannot sleep at all. So his wife asked him, I mean, what's happening? He said, you know, I have my meeting with my friend Paul tomorrow. And, you know, I owe him money. And, you know, I don't have the money. What can I do? You know, I can't sleep. It's terrible. So he, his wife takes the phone, rings Paul, and after 10 uh, rings, you know, he answers, he's completely asleep. And she says, you know, Paul, Maurice owes you money. You have a meeting with him tomorrow morning at nine. He said, yes. Okay, he doesn't have the money. Good night. And she hangs up, goes to her husband and says, now he can sleep. So now go to sleep. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> <laughs> so when I have a problem, I try to uh, either to solve it or for someone else to have the problem. Yeah, that's good advice. Very good advice. So, so, so Serge, I, I know one of your um, big pastimes is, is martial arts. So, so what benefits has martial arts brought you as a leader in financial services and, and why? I think, you know, in general, sports are very good, you know, I mean, for the people who can uh, uh, do sports. I mean, they are very good for their overall life, you know, I mm. mean, and the way they behave, you know, it gives you confidence, it gives you, I mean, uh, stamina, uh, and that's very good. But I think martial arts are very special. First of all, it's not a team play. So you, could, you cannot say, you know, it helps me being a team player. That's not true. But um, I think you, you need to be extremely focused when you, when you do martial arts. I mean, it, it's not only being a fighter because being a fighter, you know, there are many people who are very aggressive and they think they would be good, but it doesn't work. You know, you need to be extremely focused. You need to be hardworking. And I've been hardworking all my life. And I think it comes also from, uh, from, from the martial arts. Mm. And um, I, I think it, it, it helps. I, I, in, indeed, it helped me quite a lot, I must say. Mm. And, uh, you know, I have one of my favorite sentences, which is, uh, um, the way of the warrior is resolute acceptance of death. Ooh, I like it. That's a powerful phrase, isn't it? Yeah, it was from a samurai from the 16th century. Wow. It's one of my favorite sentences. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And your other pastime, I understand, which is one that I believe you share with me, is art. Mm -hmm. Who's your That's favorite true. artist and I'm, why? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not an artist at all. <laughs> I have no, <laughs> no skills at all. But um, I, I, I do collect um, mm. mostly uh, painting and sculpture. Mm. Um, I'm quite eclectic, but uh, those last years I've, uh, I've been very much into contemporary art mm. and mostly in uh, Afro-Americans, uh, artists. Mm. So um, 
a few of my favorite artists are, you know, for example, uh, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Mm. Jean-Michel Basquiat is one of my favorites too. Yeah. Very nice. So it's one of my favorite artists, but also uh, 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 young ones like uh, 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 Sunhouse and, and others. So, I mean, I, I, I love this. Mm. What is it about it you love? Um, I love I love the, the disruption, you know, of uh, contemporary art. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't like everything, but uh, but I, I I like the way you know. I mean, art always disrupts and and uh, and and transforms society. Mm. Which leads me beautifully on to my last question to you, Serge. If you were disrupting financial services, what would the future look like? Hmm. Frankly, I don't know what the future is going to be like. But what I know from now, there is going to be more and more transparency. That's for sure. Because the young generations, they want transparency. They want transparency for everything in terms of uh, information. They want uh, transparency on the impact on society of what uh, uh, the uh, investment professionals have. Uh, the, um, you know, everyone speaks of ESG very often. This is full greenwashing. But I think, you know, it's not only everything about the environment. It's mostly to make sure the people, I mean, in the future won't accept that any harm is being uh, uh, made on, this, on the society in general. So they want to be sure that the people are conscious of this and that they will, I mean, have the, the right information in order to avoid to harm society. And, you know, uh, I mean, we uh, at IQEQ, I mean, we are more and more advising people on, you know, everything about ESG, anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, to make sure that the private equity funds are going to be fully compliant, even the one investing in emerging markets, which where it's a little more difficult. And I think it's a demand from the investors. We see it from the very big family offices when there is a change of generation. And everyone is going to be a part of that. And the people who are not going to be part of that are going to be out of the market. Absolutely. Serge, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Flex in the City this afternoon, especially you having been ill recently. It's been a joy speaking to you and you're a perfect leader for Flex in the City. Thank you so much for joining us. Many thanks, Rachel. It was a pleasure.